True doctrine understood changes attitudes and behavior. The study of the doctrines of the gospel will improve behavior quicker than a study of behavior will improve behavior. That is why we stress so forcefully the study of the doctrines of the gospel. That quote was given by Elder Boyd K. Packer. In today's episode, we share some examples of this inspired truth. Listen to see how parents and individuals are using their gospel study to change their behavior and the behavior of their children. Hi, I'm Leslie. And I'm Lindsay. And you are about to experience a new way to have family scripture study. Get ready, because this is where we say no to fancy, time-intensive lessons, no to trying to cover all the material, and no to stressing over what to talk about each day. And instead, we're going to say yes to simple but powerful family scripture study, yes to family discussions, and yes to change to help our family become more like Jesus Christ. Welcome to the My Teaching Matters podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the My Teaching Matters podcast. I'm Leslie Johnson, your host today, and with me is Lindsay Jensen. Hi, everyone. So, Lindsay, do you remember when you were young and we had a dog named Eshte? I do remember Eshte, yeah. (laughs) That was when we lived in Hungary. Eshte means night. It was a Hungarian word for night. And we had this black lab that was dark as night. Um, So... I want to tell this story really quick, because when you children were young, we thought it would be really fun to get a puppy for Christmas. And we were super excited about this cute little black lab that we'd found, and we couldn't wait to give it to the kids on Christmas morning. And Christmas morning came, and sure enough, this baby puppy was loved and cuddled and play with. And as the days after Christmas came and went, this little black lab grew into a feisty, energetic young dog. And the enthusiasm for caring for him began to wane. Now that he was bigger, he liked to jump and bark and nip and bite and chew on things. And the kids didn't like playing with him so much. And so we started putting him outside more and more so we didn't have to deal with him. Then the kids stopped wanting to go outside because the dog was there and he would terrorize them. And this dog continued to be annoying and undisciplined and nobody really liked him until one day when my husband was taking him out for a run, Eshte broke the leash and he ran away, and we never found him again. Um, what do you remember about Eshte, Lindsay? I remember that. I remember, I mean, I he was super fun to play with when he, as a puppy. And then, yeah, I remember him just being super annoying and him running away and me feeling bad because that was, that was our responsibility and we couldn't keep track of him, but... Um, at the same time, kind of being glad that we didn't have to deal with him anymore. <laughs> right? Isn't that like, sad? <laughs> it was really sad. It was really sad. So, but I have thought about this experience a lot. And I think the reason I've thought about it so much is because I did feel a little bit bad about it. But even more than that, I think that I remember it because for some reason, I made the connection between what had happened to the dog and what could happen to me. So over time, I realized that the problem wasn't really the dog. The problem was the dog owners. Mm -hmm. And this 
idea came to me that the same thing that happened with Eshte could happen with my children. You know, it's fun and exciting to have a baby and you look forward to it with so much anticipation. But then this little child begins to grow and they begin to cry and whine and throw tantrums and fight with their siblings and tell lies and talk back and not do what they're asked to do and so on and so on and so on. And this is when you realize that raising kids is really hard. <laughs> yeah. You're yep. in the throes of it, Lindsay. What what yep. comments do you have? <laughs> I think you about got it. It is hard. It just is hard, you know, when they get older and in some ways it's easier and in some ways it's harder and it just like never, it's just hard always in different ways. The yeah. Whole time. Yeah. So the scriptures tell us in Proverbs 22, 6, Train up a child in the way you should, he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, you know, there's there's books that you can read about how to train a dog and how to do that in 30 days or whatever. But how do you train a child? How do you train up a child in the way he should go? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Right? There's lots of parenting books. There's lots of there's lots of things, but it's hard, and each child's different. And I think. We just all know that it's really hard and you have to just work at it. Yeah, you but know. But I, I don't know. What do you th- where, where are you headed? What do you think? Well, I, I want to share this story here because just today I was reading a, a Facebook post by a mom who who had a child, uh, what she was in kindergarten, I think. And she was kind of just trying to, the kindergartner was basically um, ruling the house with her fits and her temper tantrums. Every time she didn't get what she wanted, she'd throw this temper tantrum and it was just um, killing this mom. She's just like, this was not how any of my other children were. I don't know what to do with this child. She's just going crazy and she's just trying to manipulate everybody in the house and get her way all of the time. And we are really struggling. And, um, and so your comment, Lindsay, that every child is different and that it's just hard. I mean, that's this mom is in that in that mm-hmm. boat, she's in the mm-hmm. in the throes of it. Um, but do you remember the story of um, Joseph Smith when he was asked about his congregation? Oh, the one about like oh, where like yeah, where people asked him, you know, how do you govern so many people? Like, how do you you have all these saints and more coming in all the time? Like, how do you yeah have so much order? How do you keep you know, how do you keep people in line or how do you, how do you govern all this, all these different people? That's that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and his comment, his comment was like, I teach them correct principles and they govern themselves, right? I don't necessarily need to govern them. I teach them correct principles and they govern themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. And I love that. And I, I don't know if I knew exactly what that meant, but recently, as we have been focusing on this idea of themes and focusing on this idea of focusing on just one gospel principle in our lives and teaching that one principle for an extended period of time, I have been listening to some of our participants share some of their stories. Um, and it's amazing what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm, so excited because what I'm hearing is this change of behavior. Um, 
this idea is helping children who are afraid or anxious to be more calm. It's helping children who are unkind to their siblings learn how to be kind. It's helping children who are losing control when things don't go their way to kind of take a deep breath and try again. It's helping siblings get along with each other better. There's just so many ways that I'm seeing of this idea that these principles of the gospel are changing behavior. So I'm beginning to see what Joseph Smith was talking about, how when you teach correct principles, they can govern themselves. And, you know, we've talked about a lot, Lindsay, in our, our discussions that, you know, this this will help prepare our children for the future. This is going to strengthen this their testimonies. This is going to help them become like Christ, all of which is true. But another benefit that I'm seeing is that it's helping our parents here and now because it's helping their children change their behavior for something better now. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, and one thing I think related to that, one thing I'm, I'm hearing, or anyway, that's a little bit different, but I think related is because we're in the middle of, of doing this five day challenge right now. Um, and it's been, it's been so fun watching people kind of take this and watch those videos and, and do the daily challenges that, you know, don't take very long, but making a real impact. But I just, I was, I was talking to someone the other day and I says, you know, one of the things that makes us so different from other, um, I would maybe co compare ourselves to other come follow me subscriptions, right. Or other things like where, where those other, other people are going to give you a different scripture to focus on every day, a different, um, thing to read every day and a different, they're going to, they're going to give to you what you need to do. Right. And in a way they're kind of governing all these people. Whereas what we're trying to do is teach these parents correct principles, teach these parents how to teach in a way that's meaningful to how to change their own scripture study so that we don't have to give it to them, but they can govern themselves. Right. And I see these parents, like we asked the other day, he says, okay, so, I mean, our first day was all about using a theme. The second day was all about, um, you know, what do you, if you're using a monthly theme, if you're talking about the same thing for a month, what do you actually talk about each day, right? And um, and so I just asked a question in the Facebook group, and I was like, okay, what are your guys' plans to talk about this theme of, so the, the scripture that most people chose to focus on this week is um, strengthen up thy brethren in conversations and in exhortations, and there's more to it, basically strengthening your brethren. And... Um, I was amazed how many people just like off the cuff were thinking of totally different scripture stories than I had thought of. So I had thought of using Esther and Haman and helping my kids understand how, you know, one person was only worried about themselves and trying to, to serve themselves, whereas someone else was trying to serve lots of people. And look at what happened as you compared these stories, right? And then you had someone else who was like, well, I want my kids to, you know, learn about Jesus and how he, or um, the woman who washed Jesus's feet. And someone else who was like, well, yeah, we're going to talk about the story of Alma the older and how he prayed for Alma the younger and how that made such a big difference in Alma the younger's life. And we're going to, someone else was like, well, well yeah, we're going to talk about um, Nephi and the Liahona and how the Liahona only worked when everyone was being kind to each other. Right? <laughs> and anyway, but I just was watching all these mothers figure out for themselves what stories they wanted to tell, figure out what principles they were trying to teach their individual family. And um, we're not done yet. They still have things to do, and they're they're just going to continue to see great success. But um, it's just so powerful seeing like that's what makes us different is that we are not trying to tell you exactly what to do, but we're going to give you the tools to teach your own children to have your own effective scripture study that doesn't require a lot of preparation, um, but is super powerful. Does that 
I love that. I think that I love the word powerful because in my mind, that's what I see. I see something powerful happening from this as, as parents and families take ownership of what they're learning, as they look at their family and their family's needs and they say, you know what? We need to work on being kind to each other. Or do you know what? We need to work on praying for um, each other, praying for each other. Or we need to work on saying kind things to each other, whatever it is. They are focusing on that all under the same umbrella of I can be a peacemaker. Now, let me even, let me even widen that umbrella a little bit wider, Lindsay, because, um, dad and I are empty nesters. We don't have anybody at home to, to teach, but, Mm -hmm. um, dad wanted to really participate in this challenge. And so, um, yesterday when we were having our scripture study, the first day we read Doctrine and Covenants 106 and 108 and focused on this idea, um, that scripture that you talked about in 107 about um, strengthening thy brother and in thy words. That's the end of 108. Yeah. Oh, 108. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. 108. Um, anyway, so yeah, strengthening your brother. Strengthen your brothers. Yeah. Okay. And this idea of being a peacemaker. And we're like, well, how does that affect to us? You know, we don't. There's just the two of us. We have plenty of peace in our home. We're not being contentious. You know, what does this mean to us? But we decided, you know what? We we don't have a lot of contention in our home, but there is a lot of contention in the world today. And my husband particularly is really into the politics and the things that are happening in the world today. And we decided we wanted to focus on how we could take this principle of being pacemakers and make it work for us in what we're doing. And so um, yesterday morning, we had the opportunity to either read Doctrine and Covenants 107, which was about the priesthood, or to decide, you know what, we're not going to, to worry about 107. We want to dig deeper into this um, theme that we're talking about. And um, I loved it when Brent says, you know what, I think we need to take this challenge. I think that we need to... Um, Dig deeper. And so we found a conference for talk, talk in the, from the last conference, Elder Oaks's talk about the, um, the Constitution. It's called the Divine or the Inspired. Just a second, I gotta find it. Um, the Divine Inspired Constitution, defending our divinely inspired Constitution. Okay, so this is the talk that he, um, gave in conference. And as we started, um, reading that talk and dissecting that talk, there were so many things that we learned about how we could, um, instead of focusing on people and discussing the people who were liberal versus the people who were conservative versus those who we thought were thinking correctly versus those that we thought were up in the night, we started thinking about principles and those inspired principles of the Constitution. And we're going to continue this journey. We're excited about it. In fact, he called me from work today and he says, I've been thinking about this. You know, <laughs> we got to, these are the principles that we have to work on. And he went through the, the four principles that Elder Oaks talks about in that talk. And our goal is to figure out how we're going to change our behavior as we interact with people who think differently than ourselves in regards to the political aspects of our day. So, so I love that. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say that's, I mean, taking that same theme, that same principle and broadening it to what it means to us in our situation, in our lives right now. 
Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's so critical. And I am a firm believer that each of us need to figure out how to teach these scriptures to our family, right? To ourselves, because it's going to look so different from you than it is for me with my young kids at home. Um, so you as an empty nester and me versus with four little kids is going to look very different with, um, you know, there's some of these other people taking a child. Some of them have teenagers. Some of them have the exact same number and age kids as me, but their homes still look very different right? and mm -hmm. they're going to focus on different things. And so this idea that we can teach principles so that parents can govern their own families is critical. But I think your point too, let's now, you know, keep, you know, dive deeper and say, okay, well, not only are we teaching parents so that they can teach their own families, but we're teaching the parents to teach their family principles so that their own kids can govern themselves, right? And so, mm -hmm. so that's also what's happening here is that part of what the success is, is that the parents are teaching principles to their children and that's starting to change behavior now, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what's so exciting to me. So, so Lindsay, can you share a couple of examples that you've had or that you've read about or someone's told you about this happening in their family, this idea of how they're teaching principles to their children who are then changing their behavior themselves because they understand a, a principle differently? Yeah. So I'll start with one. I was talking to, um, this is, this is a friend who, um, yeah, is just recently, anyway, start, this is the first time that she's delved into the challenge and delved deep into our stuff. Um, and she has a three-year-old and a one-year-old and actually, I don't even know if he's quite one, right around one anyway, but the three-year-old has been, um, hitting the one-year-old, right. Or just like being, taking his stuff or just kind of being a little bit, mean to this one-year-old and this poor mom is like you know constantly telling her no don't do that <laughs> be nice like give it back no you can't hit him right whatever else like constantly <laughs> telling this her child like you can't do this and it hasn't changed anything right i think we've all been there we're like no matter how much you tell them it doesn't change anything Anyway, she was telling me the other day she was going to skip scripture study. Her, her husband was gone and she just was exhausted. And she's they do scripture study at night. And she's like, no, we're just going to skip it. And she's like, no, I can't skip it. I can do something. And so she um, she actually had looked on, and I thought, maybe I'm getting days mixed up. I don't think so, though. Anyway, she had looked on, on Pinterest um, for a thing. She's like, okay, this topic, the, the you know, we're talking about being a peacemaker or I want to help my children understand being a peacemaker. And so she looked on Pinterest for like an activity to do regarding peacemaker. And so she was trying to do this activity with her three-year-old and her three-year-old was not having it. She's like not interested in this activity. And mom's like, ah, but, um, she's like, no, okay, I can do something. And she had recently watched our, our post on Facebook and Instagram, it's both. It's a little real, a video of three different ways, zero prep ways to engage your kids. And we actually had a podcast about this a couple weeks ago. So you can also go look at that podcast episode. But um, anyway, multiple ways, zero prep ways to engage your kids in scripture study. And so she just like out of her hat was like, okay, we're going to role play. And they just like practiced or role played being a peacemaker and what that looked like. And um, she said all of a sudden her, her daughter was super engaged, like loved it. And then was starting to be nicer to her son, like on her own that night, right? Like all of a sudden was being a little bit more kind. And she's like, all we did was we just, we just had role played. We just had practiced, but it wasn't like, I wasn't getting mad at her. It was just like a fun thing where we were practicing this principle. 
for her three-year-old, right? And um, anyway, so she was excited to see what happened as as time went on. And so I need to follow up. I haven't followed up of what's happened since. But um, but immediately, just after this idea of teaching principles and role-playing, doing something that didn't require any prep work. She had prepared something, and that failed. So she did something without any prep work. And it, anyway, it worked a lot better. Like, she just was very... Already her daughter was starting to change. And so that was really cool. I love that. I think that's the perfect example of helping them come to understand a principle. She That three-year-old understood it well enough that she realized, oh, I don't need to hit the baby anymore. I, I'm, I need to be nice. And, and then the mom doesn't have to uh, govern that anymore. You know, they govern themselves. I, I, I love that. Um. I think uh, another story that I remember is of, of Dixie and her family. Um, it was making tomato sauce night or whatever. And she says, usually this night is just so crazy because the kids all want to help, but it's just a fight because they all want to have a turn of, of cranking the tomatoes, kind of smashing the tomatoes together. And um, they they fight over, it's my turn to do it. She's taking too long. I never get to do it. She always gets to do it. And just, you know, four little kids fighting over this. And so in Dixie, knowing that this was the, what had happened in the past was proactive in her thinking this time. And she says, you know what, we've been talking about being a peacemaker in our home. And, and so they sat down and they made out a list. Okay. How are we going to act while we make this tomato sauce? How are we going to take turns while we make this tomato sauce? And the kids are coming up with these ideas on their own. Um, they, they figured out their own rotation of how they were going to take turns, how long everybody got to do it. Um, and she says, in the end, it was a wonderful success. The kids were calm. The kids were taking turns. The kids were helpful. And this evening that usually is so chaotic and such a nightmare um, was actually really fun. And once again, taking the time to remind the kids of these principles that they're learning, you know, after that, they were governing themselves. They were deciding when the time was up and whose turn it was next. And and all Dixie had to do was keep the, the tomatoes coming. So... Yeah. I don't know. I think that that's another fun um, story. I think that's a great story. I think that's a great story. Um, yeah. Well, and, and I've shared plenty of my own experiences in various podcast episodes that just listen to more episodes if you want to hear other examples. <laughs> we don't need to get into them now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Lindsay's had some some really amazing changes of behavior with her kids as she has started to to use this this system. So anyway, that um, that idea of letting our children govern themselves, teaching them correct principles and letting them govern themselves is, is an eternal principle. And I believe that this idea of focusing on one principle at a time is how we teach our kids those principles. Is how we teach them the principles so that they can govern themselves. And you know, I just, I just have been amazed that 
Because in my mind, the things that we were doing was helping them spiritually, was helping our children grow their testimony, was helping these children prepare for the future. It was building these shields of faith. And then I realized it's not just for the future. This is changing our children now. We really are changing and becoming different as we focus on these things. And even Brett and I are are becoming different. We're changing the way that we are going to talk about things, the way that we are going to think about people, the way that we are going to interact with others, because we understand the principle differently. We're having those paradigm shifts that are helping us grow and become more like Christ. And I believe that that is what can happen as we truly get this gospel down deep in our hearts. And that's taking the time to really understand those principles. I love it. I agree wholeheartedly. All right, everybody. Today is short and sweet. Just remember that your teaching matters. Have a good week, everybody. Talk to you later.